The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. There's that defense we've come to know and love. Welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube. And follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Brad Powers will hop on at 11 o'clock Eastern time to talk college football. The updated Eisman odds playoff odds, all sorts of fun stuff. And former Major League Baseball catcher A.J. Pierzynski will join us at 11.20 to discuss the Major League Baseball postseason. But first, it's Monday night football recapping as the Cowboys knock off the Chargers 20-17. to The Cowboys cover the one and a half. This game was, I'd say, never in doubt as far as going the under 51. Cowboys win with a sack and an interception of Justin Herbert at the end. It was an ugly, sloppy game on both sides. Tons and tons of penalties. Justin Herbert was rather inaccurate for some of the night, missing some wide-open targets. And, Joe, this was one of those deals where we saw a lot of unders on Sunday, and that trend continued on Monday. 13-2 and two on the week, 13-2. and two. I know a lot of people are like, oh, man, we've seen this before. Sunday it goes under on everything. I'm going over even a, a high number. How about them boys, though? How about it? When Aaron Hawksworth is making a case for the Cowboys and Ed Egros has completely jumped ship, you're like, okay, something's happening here. Something's happening. Now, I didn't hear anybody else say Dallas has a chance to even uh, hang around in this game. It's like everybody, 
That that was the most public dog of all time. I never play on the side, but um, but after you get the result, I'm like, of course, it's, that's just perfect. Everybody jumps after the Cowboys, uh, just are god awful against San Francisco. But uh, but yeah, man. I mean, there are a lot of angles. Quentin Johnston, zero catches, zero yards. That was interesting. <laughs> after after our conversation, two targets on. How how does the how do you end the game by going to him? By the way, like you, right, <laughs> we Joe Lombardi's stink is all over Kellen Moore's headset. It is yeah. abysmal. All those plays were terrible. like the the play call. Herbert was off. But there was a lot. There was it was an ugly game. The officials could not get off the screen. It was. I, I'm glad I had the Phillies on the main TV. But oh, you did, man. It was yeah. yeah. It was kind of every time I looked down, there's a ref like throwing a flag. I was like, what are like th- if I had to watch that entire game front to back on its own, but an absolute absolutely miserable experience. I didn't come like McCarthy. By the way, is just running into the line time after time, like three yards at a time, second and ten. Yeah, let's run it again, three yards at a time. Neither running game got going. It was just – I was – by the way, Gallup nailed that one. It just didn't come through because Dak kept missing him, but he had like 15 targets. But Brandon That's Cooks kidding. got in the end zone. Ed told me to go with Brandon good, Cooks. Good. Yes, he did. I did Jack over 10 and a half rushing, and he had like 40. Too bad I didn't actually get it, but I, I thought someone was going to run, and I had a chance. Paul- Palmer went over somehow with limited passing yards. He he went over. That was pretty good. But yeah, the Pollard thing. It's like this is the Chargers' run defense. This this should be the game plan going in. And you know, I'm not going to take anything away from the Cowboys after that win. I mean, they wanted to get Lamb involved. They did. He goes for 117. He had a great game, by far his best game this season. So that was good, but 15 for 30 on the ground against the Chargers run defense. I'm like, ah, oh, we, we have not seen what we expected to see from Pollard this season at all. Uh, Herbert, yeah, a lot of the props to knock over the touchdowns one day. That was over one and a half. And then, yeah. you know, you got you got Staley after the game, Aaron, and it's like, he's like, yeah, he's basically like, the He's basically saying that Pollard play, uh, the passing play should not have counted. He's like, oh, that was just a fluky play. Like, kind of throw that out. Like, and that was a difference in the game. It's like, dude, that's not how this works. You are so fired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The first drive, though, for the Chargers, like, and the cameras just keep showing Kellen Moore. I was fired up. But then I'm glad Paul brought up baseball. This was the first time I was more interested in baseball than the actual Wow. I know. What has gotten into me? I, I'm cheering for the I, I, Cowboys. I'm liking baseball more. Yeah. Oppositely. Are you I, I well? The solar Are eclipse, you healthy? But yeah. Do you need to see a doctor? <laughs> a medical professional. So I'm we sure have those staff. What is in those was it match noodles? What what is in those things? The miracles oh, I've been too lazy what this else? week to, to actually cook that rest smashing the miracle noodles just yet <laughs> oh yeah but soon. i do want to talk about the total though i mean you mentioned yeah, it yeah. joe the the unders because i remember mm. seeing so many totals in the 50s and now it's crazy these low totals right now what do you make of this they all keep hitting <laughs> the unders keep hitting <laughs> again we're well over 60 percent for the season now that's part of it backup quarterbacks it looks like 
We'll go over some of the news that came out yesterday. We're going to have a number of them this week. That's part of it. We're starting to get to the time of the year where weather is going to be a factor. We saw it in a couple of games. So, and of course, you know, we harped on it yesterday. Everybody was harping on it yesterday. Red zone, red zone offenses. And, and it's just, as we enter a time where the thing is, you've got to be more aggressive, got to be more aggressive. A lot of these coaches see the struggles in the red zone and I don't know, maybe it's a few cases Ed, that stand out, but it seems like more leaning back to their conservative ways. I'll take the three in a low-scoring game. Yeah, so much of it is context in large part because you know that, okay, if your red zone offense is struggling, maybe the opponent's red zone offense is struggling as well. And this was something that I mentioned to uh, Jason Lekafora yesterday. It's that okay, just because coaches may be aggressive on fourth down doesn't mean that they're analytically minded. It just means that they feel like they can find some edge. They trust their offense. They trust their ground game. Maybe the tush-push works for them a little bit more effectively than, say, for other offenses. (laughs) Whatever the case may be, just because you may be aggressive on fourth down doesn't mean that you are an analytically minded coach. It just means that you like your offense in that situation. And I suspect that a lot of head coaches don't like their offenses right now, whether it's because of a backup quarterback, a lack of a lack of execution, maybe even some ground games aren't that effective because in these short yarded situations, you do need an effective ground game, usually up the middle between the tackles that you can rely upon for three, four yards at a time. And I wonder if because we are more of a defense oriented kind of league right now and just right now that could change very quickly. But because I think defenses are a lot better at bottlenecking up the middle, I think it's one of the reasons why offenses kind of lack that creativity. And especially with the lack of offensive line play, effective offensive line play, I think that's another reason why we're seeing a bunch of low totals Mm -hmm. as well. And I think offensive line play, like maybe you can get away with it with short passes when you're, say, between the 20s. But in the red zone, when maybe you need a couple of extra seconds for things to unfold for a receiver to get open in the back of the end zone, if your offensive line play stinks and there's no protection for the quarterback, that's just not possible. And so there's not just one thing you can point to as to why red zone offenses are struggling. But one thing I do know is that this is one of the lower touchdown rates since 2015 that we have seen in the NFL. And unless offensive line play improves or quarterback health improves, things like that, this might be something that persists, Joe. You know, where, you know, week six was another case in point. Uh, We've touched on it a little bit because it was small sample size. Who knows if there's anything there. But again, it happened in that Jets game. And what I'm talking about is the the inability of these offenses and these quarterbacks to take advantage of missing players in opposing secondaries. The Jets didn't have four of their four players in the secondary. They didn't have their top two corners out there. And they still end up winning the game. What was it, that Houston game when they had no starters back there and they still end up winning? Like, we've seen this a few different times where where teams just can't take advantage of going up up against all these backups in in these matchups with their wideouts. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know how to make sense of it, but it's crazy because I don't know if this trend is – it seems like it will continue because you brought up the – the backup quarterbacks, like all the, the, the list is getting longer of injuries. Mm -hmm. So it it doesn't seem like we're going to see a lot of overs of it. 
and even the last couple seasons, like the totals just seem like they have dropped from what I'm used to seeing on the board week to week. It would be like way more totals in the fifties. Now it's just like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, colloquially speaking, guys, I'd love to get your thoughts on this because I know this is something that Eric Eager of Sumer Sports has brought up at least a couple of times where if you're analyzing a defense, when it comes to the secondary, it's a weak link system, just like offensive line play. You find the worst cornerback or the worst safety. You keep picking on them. Regardless of the scheme, you can be successful that way. But when you're looking at pass rushers, if you've got one phenomenal one, then that can wreak havoc on an offense. And I wonder if we are in say the year of the pass rusher, how often have we talked about miles? I mean, miles Garrett's been good for a long time, no doubt about that, but it seems like we talk about him that much more or say a Micah Parsons, who was having to play outside linebacker last night. So he was a little bit slower getting to the quarterback, but he got his at the end of the ball game. I wonder if this is the year of the pass rusher. And that's another reason why in a year when offensive line play might be a little bit weaker, we're seeing a few more backup quarterbacks that you've got one elite pass rusher. And then suddenly an offense starts to sputter. We've seen some really crazy games. Like what would Cleo Mack have a six sack game this year? Just where they completely take over. And, you know, along with, along with the injuries at quarterback, We've seen a lot of cluster injuries on offensive lines very early in the season. So what is this going to look when we get to the second half? Like This is supposed to be offense a lot of times is ahead of the defense. We start to get to that point. We haven't even come close to that yet. This is supposed to be the best weather for the outdoor teams that you're, that you're playing in, and we're still not able to score. It's, it's funny how it is so cyclical. I mean, year after year, a couple years ago, you go back, and it's like you can't win unless you have an elite play caller, elite quarterback, blah, blah, blah. I don't – it doesn't seem like that's the case with scoring down so much. We also don't have – I mean, there's not as many, like, Pat Mahomes-type quarterbacks, right? Like, the last couple drafts haven't really produced as many, like, electrifying quarterbacks or the ones that we think will, like a Justin Herbert, like, we're just not seeing the scoring coming through. No, that's a good point in that, you know, not this past draft, but the draft before Kenny Pickett was really the only highly touted quarterback and he hasn't performed that well through a season and a half. So Mm -hmm. at some point you you need the talent to be there. And if teams don't feel like they're a bunch of hotshot quarterbacks, then certainly the league, you know, may be onto something as far as that's concerned. So definitely, I think that's a, that's a great point. And maybe that will change soon once we get the Caleb Williams year before that, no doubt. Uh, but we've got a Caleb Williams draft coming up, a Drake May draft coming up. So it might be something that doesn't last very long, but this may just mm-hmm. be a dynamic where we have so much defensive talent. I mean, look at the best college programs right now, Georgia, Alabama, et cetera, et cetera. They're, they're largely winning with defense. That's not just because you have defensive minded coaches. It's because the talent is on that side of the ball and they're able to maximize that. And so then suddenly that funnels into the NFL And we have what we have at this point. So definitely a lot of good points there. Let's talk about uh, some of these quarterback injuries uh, because there are a few of them and they are mounting. Trevor Lawrence is dealing with some uncertainty. The Saints line has moved to minus three for Thursday night. Justin Fields is doubtful with a dislocated thumb. Ryan Tannehill may miss some time with a high ankle sprain. Joe, of all of these injuries, which one do you think is the most impactful? 
Oh, he's definitely going to miss some time. Ryan Tannehill is. When you hear high ankle, mm-hmm. oh, that's an extended period of time. Oh, and by the way, somebody already out. We knew he was going to be out for a while, but now we're hearing, yeah, Anthony Richardson probably season-ending surgery. So that that I mean, that's yeah. a killer for the Colts after that very high high draft pick. Uh, Trevor Lawrence one is big. Now we talked about how that thirty-seven points was a bit deceiving. In their game over the weekend, they were outgained by 120 yards. And if you look at the turnovers and the fourth down failures on the Indy side, you get to like basically seven turnovers in that game. So don't be fooled by that. And it's there's been a lot going on with the Jaguars. They're two weeks over in London. They come back home. Yes, they get the win. You could make the argument that in some ways they were outplayed in that game. They got some short fields. They took advantage. You got to give them full credit. But it's like, and now you've got a short turnaround. That's a brutal schedule spot that I don't know that a lot of people were looking at. Spending two weeks in London, coming back home, divisional matchup, they do get the win, but now you get a quick turnaround. Now you're dealing with all of these injuries too, and we're starting to see injuries in the secondary as well. So pay close attention. A lot of people looking at that number. What's going on? What's going on? Well, we started to hear what was going on after Doug Peterson spoke with the media yesterday. Jimmy G, Absolutely. too. I think that's big. Raiders had some momentum, won mm-hmm. a couple games in a row. So another one that's TBD. No kidding. Uh, the list is lengthening, to say the least. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the Phillies jumped all over the Diamondbacks with a long ball in Game 1. We'll look at our favorite angles for Game 2 of the NLCS and the rest of the ALCS with the Rangers up two games to nothing. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Some heat on it, and this is going to be up and out of here. Castellanos. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Time to talk a little Major League Baseball postseason. We will start reacting to game one of the National League Championship Series. I mean, guys are still getting their concessions. They're still settling into their seats at that point. And then Kyle Schwarber has to have a first pitch home run, and everybody's going nuts over it. Just goes to show you got to show up to the ball game early because you might miss something special immediately. And hopefully all the Phillies fans were uh, ready and set to go there. First pitch home run for him. Bryce Harper hits a home run on his birthday. Nick Castellanos goes deep, and the Phillies hang on to win 5-3. to three. Joe, what stood out to you in game one? It's 
it's a continuation of what we've been seeing in these playoffs from the Phillies. And thank you, Jake. Thank you for the Bryce Harper call telling us that, hey, uh, before everybody else got on board, that it's his 31st birthday today. He's going to hit a home run, and he did. Good number, too, plus 475, I believe. They just, no matter what the, the run total ends up being for the Phillies, it comes via the long ball. And it's, it's like their home run props are worth it. Uh, Schwarber is usually so darn short. He hits, he hits one again, but Cassiano's on fire. Uh, same thing, of course, with Harper. I mean, that, that's what really stands out to me. And, you know, forget the history. Wheeler was great again, eight strikeouts, no walks in that game. Like he, he's on a tear. That's what we're seeing with these teams that keep on, uh, that things are going well for them. They've got these starters, you know, maybe there's bad history. Maybe they had a poor second half, and we'll get to the other game in a moment. But uh, they're turning it on when the lights are brightest. Yeah, I loved it. Like Bryce Harper just putting on a show, talking about how he's excited to finally play on his birthday. Jake called it. That was awesome. Towards the end of the show yesterday, he put that out there. And then Harper, I love the scene of him blowing out the candles, holding up the 31. <laughs> I can't believe he's 31 already. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, really? I was thinking the opposite because I felt like he's been in the league forever. Which he has because he entered yeah. at such a young age. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I've known him since he was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I was about forever. to say, like, there's – there's I don't that, know. and we always feel like baseball players are supposed to be older than us, right? Like, I forget who said this first. I certainly didn't. But baseball is one of those sports, like, we we grew up with it as kids. So we just expect baseball players to, you know, now at this point be in their 40s and 50s and 60s. Like, everyone's Julio Franco's age at this point. And that's just <laughs> not the case anymore. Like, now they're all younger than us. And, like, the guys we look up to are, like, significantly younger than us. Like, the L.A. De La Cruzes and guys like that. Like, if you ever want to get yeah. depressed, just go to baseball reference and look at ages of major league ball oh, players that we really, really enjoy. Like Shohei Otani, you know, being his mid twenties, like guys like that. Uh, yeah. J- Jake's guy, Evan Carter born in 2002. Oh my God. Oh yeah. <laughs> Once I see the, <laughs> the date of birth in the two thousands, I'm like, Ooh, that's how I felt when it got to the nineties, but now it's two thousands. I'm like, Oh, it makes it even. Yeah, I guess I'm over it at this point. But you did talk about Castellanos, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Terms the Castellanos. Of, remember, I was like, Trey Turner's hit a home run. You're like, so is Castellanos. <laughs> it's like, oh, I knew someone was going to do it. I just picked the wrong guy yesterday. They're going to. Yeah. It's like every game. <laughs> okay. Should we just take a group of Phillies? They might all hit homers because we've seen that too. Mm-hmm. Good point. No kidding. Sprinkle them Yeah, that's all. a really good point. Also, we got to give some respect to Zach Wheeler. In the battle of Zach's, Aaron, Z-A-C-K mm-hmm. reigns right. supreme. And by the way, I believe uh, Z-A-C-K was number one in our Zach Power rankings. Uh, they mm-hmm. were unofficial and not accounted for. So, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe it's debatable. Uh, but Z-A-C-K Wheeler uh, relied on his four-seamer a good bit, had nearly a 40% called strike whiff rate with it. Really, really good mm-hmm. contact that hitters were making with the four seamer happened to be bad. He was also really good with the sinker. So the uh, fastball certainly set up the sinker and he got guys to swing and miss outside the zone with it. One of those things where that approach was just so effective that when we see Zach Wheeler again, whether it's later in this series or in the world series, 
he is going to be dynamite. I think that we can say for certain. And look, you know, next Zach Wheeler start, whenever that is, probably going to be another pitcher's duel in all likelihood. And it's hard to go against him if he's going to have stuff like that, Joe. Yep. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. It doesn't matter on the other side. The way the Phillies just are a powerhouse and and they've got the this is why maybe we shouldn't be surprised that they're here in the end that for those that made mm-hmm. the case that listen they may be the third best team in the national league but they're also the third best team in baseball like you see it it's the exact case that we made a year ago and once Trey Turner turns his season around you've got to go back to your priors what were your priors going into the year well they got better I don't know that they'll get to the World Series, but they got better. Well, a lot of signs are pointing to them actually going back to the World Series. They Just how they're built. Um, the defense, even though they went on that crazy run last year, the defense overall, wasn't, wasn't it a slight improvement? Because like, it was so terrible. But, and they, <laughs> yeah, they've couldn't always have been had, worse. <laughs> yeah, and they, they've always had the top of the rotation guys. So I'm kind of kicking myself like, yeah, I know it's so difficult to pull that off in back-to-back seasons in baseball, but we've seen it. Um, mm-hmm. Should have considered them a lot more big picture-wise. I mean, once Trey Turner turned it around, he's just changed so much in this lineup. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Castellanos was asked if he was surprised. He's like, no, I'm amazed. I know we are capable of this, but it's just amazing how everyone is just hitting these run- home runs like they are. It's awesome it to is. watch. Yeah, just convergence of all factors, doing it at just the right time. And now the Phillies are minus 310 favorites to advance to the World Series. So maybe there aren't too many bets there that we like. But when it comes to game two, when we've got Merrill Kelly on the bump going up against Aaron Nola, currently the Phillies are minus 155 favorites on the money line. There are some props I like that I will get to in a minute, Joe. But anything stand out as far as game or series that you would like to bet? Yeah. Uh, Well, it stands out that Merrill Kelly, I know he doesn't have a lot of playoff experience, but what we've seen from him in some really big spots is certainly worth noting. Uh, In in his one playoff spot, uh, the last start against the Dodgers, he shut them down. He pitched into the seventh. Um, He was terrific then. He ended the season with Houston. So these last couple times he's been out, I mean, these juggernauts offensively he's going against. So he's not going to be intimidated by this Phillies lineup, no matter how hot they are. Last start of the season, and remember, with uh, Arizona, all of those games were very big down the stretch. Uh, He did a great job against Houston, one run and seven innings of work. Uh, So Kelly has been terrific. I don't think he's going to be intimidated uh, by the moment. Now, on the other side, with Nola, great history against the Diamondbacks. So that's got to be a concern. The the lineup does not stop for the Phillies. Obviously a concern. I mean, Nola's numbers are so good. Like, yeah, you look at the 18 strikeouts and only two walks, but some of the other stuff against these Diamondbacks hitters, a sample size of 58 plate appearances, the exit velo is just barely above 80. Like that is, you don't see that a lot. It's 81.7. That is dominant stuff from Nola. Yeah, and you look at the advanced metrics. So Kelly, his ERA 329 compared to Nola, who's 446. But then Nola's advanced metrics in terms of expected ERA is better than Kelly's, and his XFIP is also better than Kelly's, but just slightly. Like 413 expected ERA for Kelly versus expected ERA for Nola 377. And then for XFIP, it's 384 for Kelly versus 363 for Nola. I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if I might just do Diamondbacks first five money line at plus 138. I kind of like this process. If they're evenly matched, just take the dog first five. No, definitely a lot of value there. Joe, you mentioned the 81.7 exit velo for Aaron Nola. How about the walk rate? Did you look at the walk rate for Aaron Nola against the Diamondbacks? 1.7%. 1.7%. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Like, what is it? 58 plate appearance? That's what? One guy? Like, if my math is right? Wow. Just one yeah. hitter that you walked in? His- Jeez. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. No. X Wobo allowed of 243. That's insane as well. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely something where if you're looking at history only, Aaron Nola does have the advantage. But, Aaron, as you mentioned, the XFIP situation, uh, it is a little bit more even as far as that goes. I, I'm not one to look at home field advantage very much in a game like this, but I do wonder if the way we ought to play this is by looking at Philly's hitters and figuring out which one or which ones should be able to pounce on either Merrill Kelly on the, or on this bullpen. And I found myself going to the bottom of the order because I, I wonder if like all the value is going to get squeezed out of the Nick Castellanos's and the Bryce Harper's. And I looked at Brandon Marsh for one plus bases at minus 110. 
And he's probably going to be batting in the eight hole in the lineup. And I think there's something to be said for that. Second highest hard hit rate in the lineup. Okay, barrel rate. Right-handed lineup for the Phils. But he's backing up Nick Castellanos, who should be batting seventh. So I feel like that, yeah, he's eighth at home. But there should be enough chances for him to swing, possibly with guys on base. And I like his chances to at least get a single somewhere. It's the ball hard. So you would think, yeah, if maybe you get one fewer at bat than the, the majority of the lineup, but that's why you're getting that number of one plus. Uh, the player that, that jumped out to me, Trey Turner, over one and a half, and he's got great history against Kelly. Uh, that is still plus money, plus 110. Uh, I've talked a lot about Turner, but you know, as we talk about this game and this matchup, a lot of things may make me think under. Maybe under eight, or if you want to go first five yeah. under as well. Uh, that's probably what I'm going to do with this game. Side total, I'm looking at the total going under, and I like Turner. Okay, so I looked up the home run props. Harper, best number, uh, plus 475. Castellanos, plus 550. Trey Turner, plus 450. Schwarber, plus 330. Sprinkle them all. Are you going to do a couple? I might. I actually. I know I just said it, but other yeah. side. Right. What about Corbin I'm going Carroll? under, but I'm going to bet on four Do home run props. <laughs> right. Um, yes. I feel like Corbin Carroll's just been so solid. That he has been. He Didn't get my over one and a half bases. Hits, though, runs, RBIs. I don't know something. I mean, Nola's been so great. I'm not lining up any Diamondbacks player props. That's how good okay. he's been against these guys. Unless, like, Carroll for a stolen base, like, something obscure like that, I think would be okay. But I'm with you guys. Like, if we're expecting an under first five and full game, then, you know, you have to choose carefully as far as which batting props you like. And I I like Brandon Marsh here, but, you know, as far as other Phillies hitters, maybe one or two will be okay. But the unders probably make a little bit more sense. How about we move on to the American League Championship Series? Uh, Texas leads hmm. that two games to nothing. Rangers jumped out early, absolutely shellacking Framber Valdez. But the Astros did come back. Still, Texas won five to four and now lead the best of seven series two games to nothing. Texas now minus 500 favorites to go on to the World Series. But is there a part of you, a part of you, that thinks the Astros can make this a series? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little Such bit. Confidence. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I mean, they have been better on the road this year. There's that. Um, the Eovaldi, uh, again, crushed his K-prop. He got nine. Nine strikeouts, one walk yesterday. What was it, four and a half? I think we were at four mm-hmm. and a half when we were talking about it. Just, just destroyed that. Valdez with his history, I think that was the most surprising here in this spot that Valdez um, didn't, didn't last very long in this one. And they just give it up both games at home. And you know, we know home run, not a big deal, but yeah, I mean, could, could they win four or five? That's going to be tough. The way the Rangers are playing right now, that that's a hard sell. And is there enough value plus three seventy five? Probably not, but I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, this thing's definitely over in four or five games. How about you, Aaron? 
Yeah, <clears throat> I think the Rangers just have so much magic, I guess, on their side. It, the Eovaldi resurgence has been so fun to watch, and they left him in to get out of that bases-loaded jam. His confidence, mm. he just seems like such a solid guy and a great leader. Now you've got Max Scherzer coming back. I just love it. I, it just feels like a special year. And actually, the same thing could be said for the Phillies, too. Rangers and Phillies have just been really fun to watch in the postseason. It's sad, though, Aaron, that if you bet on Rangers Phillies to make it to the World Series, that exact outcome, there's no value there. It stinks. Like, just Phillies are just yeah. such heavy favorites. Rangers are now heavy favorites, and so it's hard to even bet on that. Probably need to have an exact outcome of the World Series, find any value. Real, real quick, ALCS MVP is an interesting market. Want to throw out Jonah Heim at 16 to 1. He's second on the ball club in Woba and X Woba. Leody Tavares is leading the way, but he, he's in the nine hole. I wonder if Jonah Heim as a catcher might make some sense. Ooh, yeah, he had that homer yesterday. So, yeah, mm-hmm. a couple big games. That's a good call. That's a good number for a team up 2 0. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we're going off the board right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Ed Egros, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. It's time for Aaron Hawksworth to take us off the board. <laughs> Welcome, right, back. Oh. <laughs> Welcome back to BetQL Daily, camera. presented by BetMGM. You know, it was a little magic there for this Tuesday morning. Now you see me, now you don't. Well, we're doing a little off the board here. This story, hilarious, hilarious. Like I just couldn't even contain myself in the break. I was about to spoil it all, but credit to Paul for finding this one. Julian Edelman, he told a hilarious story about how he had a little run-in with Kyle Shanahan, no less, in the bathroom. Take a listen. Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan. And it's because he was born into this mm-hmm. to be a coach. I mean, he was around his dad, Mike Shanahan, those Denver teams that were awesome, had great run attacks. He's evolved it with all these motions and coming up and evolving the system. He loves football. That's what makes him great. And it, it, it brings me back to 2018. I tore my ACL, and I'm sitting there in a pisser, in the bathroom at the Super Bowl, and this guy starts talking to me about a whip route that I ran in the Super Bowl the year before. I'm like, what is this guy doing? I'm full out and everything. I'm like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? So I go to wash my hands. The guy comes up to me, goes, 
you don't know who I am? I go, you know, we had a little couple drinks. We all had a little drinks. He goes, you don't know who I am? I go, uh, I'm good, dude. I gotta, I'm washing my hands. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. This guy loves football yes. so much. We're yeah, bare knuckle berries. We are bare knuckle berry, and he's trying to talk about whip routes with me. And that's what, what? makes him a great coach. The, the guy loves coaching. <laughs> bare knuckle berry. Not the whip routes and whip routes. Whip routes and whip routes. for the whip. What are we doing? Oh I love it. Um, okay, so what is the uh, etiquette yeah. there, though? Like, guess I guess it just goes to show how Kyle Shanahan loves football so much he could not wait for Edelman, you know, to maybe exit the bathroom or even begin washing his hands. He just had to uh, ask him about it while he, uh, yeah. All right, let's story. let's let let's talk about urinal. Your urinal etiquette, okay? And my opinion may be different. Maybe people disagree. So please jump in. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, so I'm on the side of Edelman, okay? He's like, dude, this is awkward. You don't talk at the urinal, even when they're next to you. You don't talk. There's a lot of breathing. There are hands on the walls. There are people in, in different stages of drunkenness that need the assistance of the wall. There's like... Relief. There's a lot of relief going on. There's a the old men. They make way too many noises. It's uncomfortable. That's like, oh. I'm like, really? You do this every time. <laughs> so it's there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in complete silence. There's a lot going on. But for me, you don't talk to strangers. We all just let us take care of our business. If you got something to say, I'll meet you at the sink. I'll meet you by the paper towels. Hey, I'll even hand you one. Like, I just don't think there should be a conversation going on, especially with someone that you don't know. It's 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 always odd interactions at the urinal. How about you, Ed? How are your urinal interactions? Well, I'm glad you asked, Joe. <laughs> this is something where I, I'm with you 100%. Like, okay, if we're talking about traditional gender roles, traditional gender roles, I get that women go to the bathroom together. You know, it's a group effort and everyone goes in, conversations, whatever. Group By the way, the bathroom. furniture. Uh, well, <laughs> like, I remember bathroom. when I was like. Did you wipe so, for so me? You know how, what like, are they talking like, about? Years old, or yeah. what? You know, like, if you're with your. What? What are we talking? What happened? He said it's a what group effort. <laughs> I know what he's saying. Oh, what did yes. Aaron say? <laughs> I'm not going to repeat what? it. <laughs> Go on. Oh, carry on. But we'll, we'll, check, we'll check the podcast later and see how we did. Uh, what is it? Closed captioning for the hearing impaired. I Okay, so you know how, like, there, there's furniture there in the women's bathroom, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, but, you know, for, for men, right. like, it's very utilitarian. Like, get in, get out, get on with your life. Like, that's the way it's supposed to be. Like, there aren't couches or chairs there to hang out at or you know, have things you can look at. Like, you know, I get some like advanced urinals have television screens and things like that. Like I'm actually opposed to those because I want to get in and out as quickly as possible. I don't want someone to be watching an extra five seconds of the ball game when they are already done with their business. And I certainly don't want anyone talking to me while <laughs> I take care of number one or number two. So in that respect, like, I've got a problem with what Kyle Shanahan did. And I get like, there's, yes, a, there's an problem. urgency and an excitement when it comes to, okay, I don't know what I'm going to see this guy again. I want to make sure I get, you know, my word across or whatever, but there are 
more tactful ways to do that. And I know there are a lot of people who love to have conversations in the bathroom for, for whatever reason, but I am not one of them, especially if I don't know who you are. Like there are yes. hair, there are hand dryers, there are paper towels, there's outside of the door, all sorts of places where we can say hello real quickly. But that is the last place. Like if you talk to me, I am less likely to be nice to you. There is an inverse relationship between talking to me and networking or becoming friends or whatever is going on. And so just don't do it. At least not with me or with most people. Yeah. Please. The, the, the head nod is awkward even. Like, yeah, I know. You can do that. And, then, and wash your hands. Yeah. And listen, I know. Yeah, there's Ew. people that walk out without washing their hands. There's that whole oh. thing. And there there are people that, let's be honest, you know, maybe like a Paul Aspen. He's a sneak a peek kind of guy. You know, there are those people. <laughs> this is a lot of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy. And you know, you're, you're you know probably also... like a. You know what? You're like there's a whole bank of urinals and there's one guy peeing and you are never right next, next to you. I'm not going next to you. You're that no, guy. No. Those people are so weird. Oh no! You know, yeah, you know so what the worst weird. is? You know what the worst is? Are the old school bathrooms where there isn't a partition? In fact, they aren't even urinals. It's just a trough. I know. And like everybody oh, just goes to the field. Wrigley Field. Yeah. You guys have talked about you the splashback or whatever. You used to have a big Oh, it's worse than that. In the, in the center of the bathroom. And you yeah. would saddle up to the, the trough. And you could you would look across. There's someone There's across from you. Yeah. There's a circle. It's yes. like an oval. I don't understand right. why men still have urinals. Like, why don't you guys just have stalls like we do? I just find it so weird. But oh, it's maybe it's because I'm not I'm cost of, to cost efficiency. It's quicker. I am happy I can the latch. be no, in it's a enclosed stall. Don't have anyone staring at me. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> well, can we societally, also now we're building the individual bathrooms. And so, yeah, you have yeah. a line of everybody waiting on the same bath. I love that. I love it. Both, both, you know, societally, like, yes, it's forward thinking, but also, too, no one is around me when I go to the bathroom. That's also wonderful side effect mm-hmm. but also great i i'm starting to get glares because the kids are too old but yes i will go if there's a family bathroom because there's no line or maybe one person in line i'll still go ahead kids go in yep we're a family we're using this family line even though they're a lot older now and we don't really need to do that <laughs> i've definitely used the men's at bars when the women's line was way too long oh man that's oh the best oh, the best is seeing the, like girls the get kicked out of the men's bathroom. Like, the best yeah. is when the, like they get dragged out. So funny! I laugh so hard every time. They're they're always and Jake so like hammer. they come up with the craziest excuses too as to why they need to use that bathroom. Oh yeah, it's great. The commentary the commentary when they walk in thinking that it's fine and I'll just do yep. take care of my business like. The commentary in the women's bathrooms at bars, especially when those lines Um, are long. Wow. That's what I was interested in. It's more entertaining than the actual bar is being in the line for the bathroom. (laughs) It's 
Well, Ed, Ed's right. It is a group effort. Like, I've never seen a woman just go to the bathroom by themselves. Like, I, it needs to be a group well, effort. Well, first of all, you don't want to because it could take an hour because the line is so long. So it's like you need mm. to bring someone to keep you occupied. Oh, okay. <laughs> but guys don't – but guys could also have a long line, and we don't, like, bring our friends. Like, we may, like, text each other while we're in the line. Like, oh, my gosh, this line I do have forever. one friend that always wants to go in the stall with me. I'm like, we're in our no! 40s now. Can't like, have yeah. it. Uh, Can't no. do it. Jail. Jail. No. Jail. Jail. No. I agree. Yeah. I'm like, why are we doing this? Can we not? It's like, kind of like, kind of like how you – Right. Is that a normal thing? I never know. Like, you don't know urinal etiquette? I don't know. Like, is that like a normal thing? Everyone just goes to the stall together? Is it just go to the bathroom together? I think I women do it more I want to know. when their line's really long. You just both sneak into one and then each goes really mm. quickly. <laughs> yeah. Does everybody I mean, bring their tag beer? In, tag out. Does everybody bring their beer? Yes. I am a big no alcohol in the bathroom. 50 50 case by case like if you're in a crowded bar watching a game trying to sneak in between innings like yeah bring it with them i think a fire. bottle's okay but a huge cup with an open right on top i mean oh, you're asking for trouble if you do the cop you, right. you're asking yeah. for trouble yeah but like are you yeah, worried about that, like splash up like, yes very much so Ew. And where are you placing yeah. that cup while you're going to the bathroom? Right. Well, that, that's the that's it. the thing too. If there's a ledge, if there's like the drink ledge, right. Like that, oh, I love a, a good drink ledge. Love a good. No, drink but a lot ledge. of people put it on top of the Famously. urinal, which is yeah, just... can't do that. Can't be having. No, that. no, 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 absolutely not. If like, it's not a crowded yeah, physics, bathroom guys. or bar, I'll put it by the sink where you wash your hands if I'm, like, the only one in there. Otherwise, I'm chugging it because you don't want to leave the cup unattended while you go mm -hmm. to the bathroom for, right. you know, other reasons. So, yeah, chug it. You got to time the bathroom with the drink. And, Perfect. and we can all agree, right. nobody wants a bathroom attendant. I don't want your towel. I no, can grab it. No. I it's grab the a worst. Towel. I'm not taking you. I don't you. want to give you. Like, yeah, it's breath exactly. mint. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, no, I'm good. Yeah, I don't need you a. Do I don't need a bathroom attendant at Sluggers. I don't need it. I, it's, we don't need a bathroom attendant <laughs> there. Back what are we doing here? It's the last place I need a bathroom attendant, dude. Sluggers, no, dude, dude. I, I think I'm okay. I drank at Sluggers when I was 16 without getting ice. <laughs> Sluggers? Wow, dude. There's dude. bathroom attendants there sometimes. It's the most uncomfortable experience. I don't have a problem with it. I, I think I'm okay with it. Like, you know, they're professionals. It's fine. People got to make a living. Anyway. This is Pet Call Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, time to take a closer look at the AFC South and updated NFL team futures that we like. That's right here on the BetQL Network. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.